Welcome everyone back to the Worth the Wait podcast. Uh, Triton and Aries here. We kind of had that bye week for a little bit a couple weeks ago. There wasn't an event. And then uh, we're playing a little bit of catch up. So we're going to cover the last two weeks, the last two fight cards. And uh, yeah, to say the least, there's a lot to cover. A lot to cover. A lot been going on. Just a great time right now in the sport. Especially with the other promotions kind of stepping things up as well. But, um, yeah, first yeah. and foremost, that Marvin Vittori and Kevin Holland fight. What was something that you, uh, what did you take away from that fight? I mean, I think there's a lot of takeaways, but what's something that you took away? Um, I took away, I think Holland should have took a little bit more time off. I think he jumped a little too fast, jumping the gun, trying to get his name back in the rankings and contender conversations. Yeah, I mean, Vittori came out how we thought he would after that Brunson fight with Holland, how Brunson wrestled him and showed the weakness in Holland's grappling game. And Vittori took advantage of it fully. And, yeah. He's tough, man. Vittori's tough. Um yeah, he, he I mean from the from the Hermanson fight all the way to this fight, he just continues to improve and show more of his skill set and he's he's showing that he's an all around fighter too. That's the crazy thing. His wrestling was on full display, obviously, against Kevin Holland, like you said. That's the way to go. That's the formula to beat Kevin Holland as of right now. But yeah. He's just he's big too. He seems big. It's like a very dense, like thick. Yeah. But it it does surprise me how fast that left hand is. Is it the left hand that he throws a lot? That counter left straight? I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I do think that Kevin Holland had the advantage on the feet. Um, I, and I honestly, it's kind of funny because I think Kevin Holland has the advantage against a lot of people on the feet in the middleweight division, <laughs> um, even some of the top guys. But yeah, that wrestling though, nope. No, sir. Not going to get back yeah, up. Yeah, Holland, Holland was uh, – when they were standing, Holland was getting him pretty good. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Even in, the, in those later rounds, he was still touching uh, Vittori up. Yeah, but Vittori saw it and went straight back to the grappling. Yeah. Just smart. He grappled his ass off for sure. But I kind of agree. I think I think Kevin Holland's next step is definitely – he first of all, he needs to take a break. He just needs to chill. He's been super active. Like, what do you have? Like five fights last year? I don't even. I don't even. He had something yeah, crazy. Two this year already. Three, I think. And then I even think in 2019 he had something like four fights or something like three. So he's yeah he's fought a lot, a lot, a lot. So I understand what he was trying to do. I mean, he's trying to probably keep his name relevant and redeem himself from the Brunson loss by taking this Vittori fight on such short notice. But yeah, he definitely just needs to go back to the drawing board, get that grappling in check and come back. And I still think he has a lot of potential and promise for sure. I mean, naturally everyone's going to count him out, but you know, it's such a double-edged sword trying to uh, please the fans and being quick to come back to fights and taking fights on short notice and being that guy that everyone calls tough and like, yeah. you know, a, a sportsmanship, showmanship. 
and then you put on performances like this, like his last two, and it's like you know your skills lacking, and but you still want to please everybody at the right. same time. And, so. and he did. I mean, he did. I do appreciate that. You know, he he did take a different approach against Marvin Vittori than he, the approach that he had. You know, that that he took against Derek Brunson. He wasn't talking as much. He was. Looked like he was busy in there trying to win, trying to stay in the fight. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think he's got a bright future ahead of him. And I just looked it up. This guy has fought 15 times since 2018. <laughs> right. I know. So, 2018, he had five fights. Um, some of them in the UFCs, one Bellator, some other promotions. 2019, he had three. In 2020, he had five. And now, and then. This year he's already had two, so that's more than most fighters' whole career in the I UFC. Know, I know it, <laughs> it definitely is, but it does raise the question as well. I mean, looking at what's next for Marvin Vittori, um, I mean, maybe maybe this is kind of a good segue into to last night's fight since we we're kind of talking about the middleweight division, anyways. Um, I don't know. Robert wait, 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 wait. First, first, I want, I want to. Where 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 does well, you said Holland takes uh, I think a little less than a year off to get right, but uh, who do you think is a good comeback fight for Holland? Hmm, interesting to say. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's like it's a busy division, you know. There's a lot going on there. Um, I don't know. I mean. I mean, everyone in the top 15 is going to be tough for him. Um, is Uriah Hall booked? Uh, I feel like I, I just saw booked. Yeah, I, I feel like I saw him that he was fighting too. I don't know. But I, I think those two in a fight would be super fun to watch. And I mean, you could say Kevin Holland has the advantage. I mean, I mean, I don't know if he has the advantage, but he definitely has a chance because, I mean, you know that Uriah Hall is not going to wrestle. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is interesting. I don't know. I think – oh, okay, so Uriah Hall's – Uriah is fighting Chris Weidman. Uh, oh, that's soon, right? On the 24th, yeah, 24th of this month. So, <clears throat> I mean, there's Edmund Shabazian. I feel, but I feel like he's booked too. Or did he just fight? Who's that? Edmund Sebastian? No, he hasn't fought since Bronson. Bronson. I mean, Jack Hermanson's coming off a loss, you know. Darren Till, who knows what Darren Till's doing, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, Jerry, I mean, I don't know. Because I don't even know if he should be fighting at that high anymore, you know, after these two losses. You know, like maybe, maybe he needs to focus on. I mean, Brad Tavares would be a good one. I think yeah. so. Uh, well, DC has mentioned him uh, coming up to DCs and like training him and, and his grappling and his wrestling. Right. Holland has even put out that he's going to go to Dagestan and train, but we'll see. Yeah, Kevin Holland needs some time off. Yeah, definitely and then, time off. Uh, Vittori kind of setting himself up for a big fight next. 
Yeah, but yeah, for sure. Work two though. Who do you think? It's tough. I mean, because Robert Whitaker's done. You know, kind of going back to the fight last night. I mean, first of all, Robert Whitaker put on a clinic. I would say he really did. Might be the best Robert Whitaker we've seen. And it's crazy to think he's still so young. I mean, I mean, well, he's like thirty now, right? So he's, I mean, he's like the same age as me. So it's just crazy. He's still in his athletic prime. It, maybe he's just hitting his prime, you know. So that's why he said it out loud. It is because it's funny too. Because every time I watch him, I, people are so quick to forget because you know he doesn't care about publicity. He doesn't care about talking trash or anything like that. He just wants to fight. But every time I watch him fight, like I, I quickly remember, I'm like, dude, this guy has. Robert Whitaker might have the best, one of the best resumes, if not the best resume. He's got a crazy resume, man, crazy. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he fought Yoel for ten rounds is already sets him apart from a lot of people. Um, and he wasn't playing safe. Exactly. And he was getting hit. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think we both agree he probably did lose that second one. I mean, I think it's safe to say he was just Yoel had him hurt so bad that second fight, but. I mean, not even Izzy can say that he did that. Not even Izzy can say that he, like, actually fought Yoel, you know, because that fight was really super boring when he fought Yoel. But... And then, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because Whitaker definitely deserves a shot. But I want, I, I'm kind of curious to see if, if Izzy wants more time off. And then if, like, Whitaker – what if they make Whitaker versus Vittori? That would be crazy. Mm. I mean, that would be pretty wild if they made that. Yeah, that's a that's a great fight. I, I don't I don't see Izzy taking too much time. I think he fights again this year. Um, Whitaker called out Izzy, and I mean, he didn't call him call him out, but he just said, "I I think I deserve the next shot." Yeah, well, he definitely said more than he usually does, which was it was nice to see that you know because most of the time he's like, oh, "I don't care, I'm not thinking about it," you know. But this time he actually. In his nice way of doing it, he was <laughs> he did call out Izzy. So but he's earned it. I mean, shoot, his last three fights, look at who he beat, and he beat him easy too. Yeah, I mean, Whitaker is beating the dark horses of the division, yeah. um, Cannoneer, and you know that's crazy. But I, I think, I think Izzy Whitaker gets booked for later this year. Um. I think Vittori fights Brunson or Costa. Whenever Costa comes fun. back from being hurt. Yeah, either of those would be fun. Vittori and Costa would be fun. That'd be really fun. Yeah. I mean, Costa with anybody is fun, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm just looking at his, his man. Yeah. He's got an impressive resume. I'm just looking at his fights right now. It's be crazy. I mean, just off the top of the head, though, he's already beat. Yeah, I mean, he's beat most people in the top fifteen. A lot of the big names, yeah. a lot of the dangerous people. So, yeah, I would, I would like to see it. And, I, and I honestly, now that everyone kind of knows a little more about um, the the formula to beat Izzy. And obviously, Izzy's training and making his adjustments, but still, you know, who's to say? Who's to say it won't be a different outcome, you know, if Whitaker gets that second shot? 
Yeah, it, it's interesting, especially uh, what occurred making his adjustments to and him showing it in this past th- three fights. And I'm sure Izzy will come different, but I just don't see Izzy losing at 185. I really don't. I know it's bold. I, I know I know it's bold to say, but no, I think people at 185 just have to do so much more to get inside Izzy's space, and Izzy just being the the clean striker that he is, and and the counter striker that he is. I just don't see really anyone beating Izzy at 185 for a few years. Do you think Darren Till is a more dangerous fight for Izzy than anyone else? Mm, to an or, extent, yeah. Okay, I mean he, I he has the size to match. I mean he can he can match the the length, can't he? Because he's just as big, right? Just as tall. Yeah, but Till gets Till gets so much damage that I just yeah I don't know if he can take too many hits from Izzy. To yeah. be honest with you, he gets right. hit too he gets hit too much for my liking. No, you're not wrong about that. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think, yeah, I don't, I don't think Izzy struggles with anybody. I think Marvin Vittori and Robert Whitaker would be the two toughest matchups for Izzy. I, I do think that. Mm-hmm. I think Marvin Vittori could give Izzy a tough time, and I do think Whitaker the second time around. Do you think it's due to just how well rounded they are? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I just so I just think one of Marvin Vittori's biggest um, strengths is literally just like his durability. Like he can take a hit. He can take a hit. He's tough, and he just even though he, I feel like it's funny because like he looks tired all the time. Like he always looks tired in his fights, and even like when he's talking after in the interviews after he wins, he's out of breath and stuff. And I know that doesn't really mean much, but. I do kind of question his gas tank, especially with him being a bigger, more muscly guy. You know, I do kind of question his gas tank, but it's not like Izzy is like a a pace guy. You know, Izzy, whenever Izzy fights, he's the one. He's not really dictating the pace. I feel like not usually. So I feel like it would kind of work out in uh, Marvin Torrey's favor because Vittori is usually pushing forward and pushing pace. So, and now that we know he can grapple his ass off, that's that's another thing too. Yeah, it is more of a testing the paces when you're fighting with with Izzy. Like he'll show some, and then he'll let you decide if you want to push forward so he can kind of strike and use his tools to kind of work his game plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Izzy is good. Izzy, yeah, you're right. I mean, I still do think Izzy's the best until someone shows us otherwise. But I do think Marvin Vittori and Robert Whitaker do have a chance at dethroning Izzy. And I would say Robert Whitaker has more of a chance. I, I, that's what I would have to say. I think Robert Whitaker's – if anyone's going to beat Izzy in the middleweight division right now, it would be Robert Whitaker. So. Yeah. But to speak about um, Gaslam, who Whitaker just beat last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I feel bad. I feel like, you know, Gaslam kind of picked up uh, some steam, like he was about to get his shot again, but – <laughs> He's gonna have to go back down to the rankings and fight it's, his way back up. Yeah, I mean it's tough because like, cause he's young too. I mean, I think he's only twenty nine years old, twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, he's twenty nine, twenty nine. And so, it's just crazy to see these two. They're already heavily respected. Um, 
they're super talented. And then the second thing is for Ke- uh, Kelvin is that his record doesn't do him justice. People might look at his record and he's what? He, I think he's lost four of his last five, I think. Um, yeah. Yep. But dude, he's still like, he still is one of the best in the division, no matter what you say. Like he still is. Like he's, he's, he's dangerous. He's just a beast, man. Um, but yeah, I, it's funny because part of me was questioning. I'm like, okay, th- does he, does he need to kind of reevaluate? Does he need to kind of tell himself like maybe 170 is where I need to be, you know? Um, and does he really just need to start cutting down on his, on his eating and all that stuff and just really get his weight in check and get a nutritionist and all that stuff and really get that weight cut dialed in. I mean, because who's for, the, for those, for those who are listening right now, uh, for those who don't know, uh, before Calvin moved up to the middleweight, he was fighting a weight <laughs> lower than him. Uh, a welterweight had trouble making weight a few fights, right. missed weight. So that's what kind of forced him to go up to middleweight. So, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, maybe he doesn't need to buckle down on his nutrition and, <coughs> you know. Because, right, I mean, having, I just, it's hard to cut maybe you has, out, but, Maybe he uh, has better success at uh, 175. Well, not only, not only does he have chance for success, because we all know he could get down. But, like, just look at, I mean, we all know welterweight division stacked, and there's no shortage of great matchups for him down there, right? I mean, just looking at the top ten, I mean, look, if, if you were to throw him in against somewhat like, I mean, you got Robbie Lawler at 15. Imagine Kelvin Gaston and Robbie Lawler fighting. That'd be crazy, right? I mean, mm. you got Jeff Neal, number 11. You know, you got all these guys. You got Gilbert Burns, Colby Covington, Leon Edwards, Jorge Masvidal, Vicente Luque, all these guys, dude. It's like there's no shortage of great matchups for Kelvin. But yeah, I don't know. He might have to fire his his girl from being his uh, coach because I think right now his girl's like his uh, his girlfriend is like a strength and conditioning coach and like uh, nutritionist and stuff. And I don't know, he might need to find something really? else. But yeah, I remember oh, wow. the embedded fight. Um, him leading up to his last fight. Man, I always forget the guy's name that he fought last time. But um, the wrestler, shoot, I forgot his name. But Manson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, on the embedded, it showed him training and stuff, and it was his girl that was doing his workouts and making his meals and everything. So hmm. I was like, "Wait, who was the guy I he that... last time?" Jack Hermanson. Was it? Was it him? I thought he fought someone else. Oh, Ian High. <laughs> Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was, I think, because he was on that was UFC two fifty eight. So it was on, it was a embedded on that, and it showed him working out with his girlfriend. She was leading his workout and making his meals every day and all that stuff. So, yeah. All right, so we're kind of bouncing around. We're gonna go back to the um, the Vittori and Holland card. Um, another fight that another another fighter that kind of. Mm, kind of proved herself to be a strong contender in her weight class, mm. a straw weight woman's, is uh, Mackenzie Dern. Had a big win against uh, Amanda Nunez's wife, Nina Nunez. That's, that was weird to say. Um, Nina Anzaroff. I know, yeah. dude. I was like, who the hell is Nina Nunez? <laughs> I, was so, I, was, we were, I think we were both caught off guard, right? When they said Nina Nunez, but. 
Yeah, I, th- I thought Nunes had moved moved into strawweight. I was like, oh shoot, but yeah, it's kind of thrown off. Yeah, McKenzie definitely made a statement. I mean, anyone that's been following the sport and that actually watches all the fights or majority of the fights, anytime you watch McKenzie's fights, you just see her progression. I mean, because I think the the big thing, one of the things you see in the fight with Nina is. She's getting some hands now, too, you know. I mean, everyone already knows, especially with her lineage and her family history, she's this this Brazilian jiu-jitsu wizard, master, black belt already, you know. She's already a beast on the ground. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty safe to say she's the best on the ground in that division. I mean, I think if she gets anywhere yeah. on the ground, they're how, probably um, How Dern has evolved – and her her all around fighting style it's coming as a as a grappler and now striking and being proven to be a good a striker now still working mm-hmm. on her hands but um yeah Dern has a I think she has a big fight ahead of her and people are kind of mentioning her with Joanna right now as her yeah. next fight I mean it makes sense you know I mean. Especially because, I mean, Mackenzie Dern, she's, you know, she's she's a pretty girl as well. And you know the UFC is going to like that for marketing. So, I mean, yeah, everything's looking good for her right now. I mean, they're going to push her. They're, they're probably going to want her to fight a big name. And you know, ooh, I don't know. I mean, Joanna's probably the biggest name besides um, well, Amanda Nunez right now. You know, even though Joanna's not the champ, she's still probably one of the biggest names in, in in the UFC for the women's uh, divisions, so yeah, I mean if the UFC wants to start pushing Mackenzie Dern and making her a superstar, which I think is definitely possible, especially because her her English isn't bad either. So she's as far as talking goes, you know, no matter where you stand on the whole accent thing, because <laughs> there's that big <laughs> there's that big thing on her accent that people were kind of getting on her um, back in the day, but yeah, she's. I mean that would be an interesting fight. That'd be very interesting. It would be. I think a good fight. I think a good fight for Dern would be, um, depending on what Joanna's schedule is looking like, um, is Carla Sparza, who right. is on a, a a win streak right now. She's fighting. Uh, right? She's already booked to fight. Oh, is she? I think she's fighting the the chick who's ranked number three. They're they're both going to fight. I think. Oh the. Korean chick, Yan Zhao, nothing the word. I, I can't pronounce her name. That girl got hands, and yeah. she's strong. Freaking Carlos Barza. Oh my gosh, she the wins. lay and pray queen, <laughs> the decision queen. Oh man, no disrespect, man. I mean, a win is a win, but at the same time, man, it's just it surprises me how she pulls out win after win after win. I'm just like, gosh, dang it, dude. I feel like she should have lost yeah. that. It's annoying. <laughs> So yeah, Dern is set up for a big fight next. Um, another fight I kind of want to touch on is uh, Mike Perry. <laughs> oh, Mike Perry! Because Mike Mike Perry had another loss to Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, sad. It's, yeah, it's 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 sad because he's like a fan favorite, you know. So he's one of those guys you don't like to see him lose. At least, at least I don't like to see him lose. Yeah, I mean, he still had, looks like he hasn't grown at all, really. <laughs> I mean, it looks like he's trying to, but, you know, 
his fighting style is very rugged and look like he's still trying to find his his footing be comfortable with the style that he's putting out right yeah it'll yeah. be interesting to see um where he goes from here because i think he said he put it out in the public right he was like yeah i have one more fight on my contract and then yeah i think he tweeted something like that like one more fight on my contract i'm gonna give him my all which i mean that was never in question i don't think anyone ever questions his effort or whether or not he's giving it his all you know i think it's pretty apparent you know that he does that every fight but uh I don't know. I yeah, don't I'm, know. Actually kinda, I'm actually kind of surprised that he still has a job, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, especially with everything that he says and all the crazy stuff he used to say before he became a dad. You know, <laughs> uh, he's had to he's had to apologize for a couple things, but dude, he's freaking hilarious. I, I love him. He's got some pretty iconic moments as far as like post fight interviews go and stuff like that and press conference uh, moments. Yeah, he's got yeah. some pretty good stuff. But yeah, I mean, just like I think, I mean, he's. He's good enough. I just don't understand. I, I really don't know. You know, it's kind of a big question mark for me as far as what he needs to do to get better. You know, I I don't know. I, I, it might be maybe more more of a mental psychology thing for him, you know, or maybe he needs to change his style a little bit as far as maybe not – maybe focusing more on being a more defensive fighter so he's not taking hella damage, you know, now that he's got some kids to think about family i don't know <clears throat> but he's definitely got the talent and the potential to be something great i think you know i don't know if he'll ever be champ but he could be doing a lot better than what he's doing now yeah i think so. he definitely if he gets his act right definitely flirt with like top 10 like 8 10 ish around their yeah. rankings is part of his ceiling i think but um so that's on on that card with the Victorian Holland fight card. Um, another big event that happened to switch to different uh, different organization is at one championship. Um, Eddie Alvarez and Mighty Mouse kind of fought, or not to, not each other, but you know had a fight on that on the card. Right. Yeah, and it was it was a sad outcome for both. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, you got the UFC, as Brendan Schaub says, you know, the UFC alumni, you know, and they're over at a different organization. Um, but, yeah, that, that whole Eddie Alvarez situation was kind of rough to see. You know, there was a very questionable call made by the referee. Um, apparently, he thought there were some illegal blows to the back of the head. And yeah, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I just don't agree with the call that was made. I don't. It was kind of a – I think it was a bad call. I mean, they were they were wrapped up on the ground. And um, was it Yuri? Is that his name? Is that how you say it? That's, how, that's at least how Eddie was saying it, I believe. But, I mean, he's trying to turn his head to avoid the blows to the face. And then, you know, from him turning his head, it's like, what else can you – where else can you punch, right? It's like, what else is he going to do? So there's not exactly. much else to do, you know. And then he got DQ'd for it. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, I've seen I've seen much worse stuff than that, and people just get warnings. You don't just I don't even know if DQ was the right step to take. You know. I also think Eddie Alvarez's opponent kind of uh, soaked in the um, that moment to kind of put that sob story <laughs> or even just playing it out and saying his head is like killing him, and 
probably has like a concussion. Or CT. But I, I don't think they were they were that hard of a punches though. I mean, they yeah, they had force behind it, but this dude was like on the floor rolling around with his hands right. on his head, like <laughs> he just got hit with the with the hammer or something. <laughs> a little bit of that Aljamain Sterling act, maybe I don't know, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, it was it was tough to see, and even to see Eddie kind of explain himself in the post fight interview was sad you know he he sounded emotional and and how could he not you know i mean this is his livelihood he loses that fight because of a call like that and uh yeah it's just unfortunate man and i i think i was reading an article and i think they're they're reviewing the call and so i think there might be a chance where it might just be ruled no contest um or might not go against his record and they might do a, a rematch we'll see but uh you know, you can't help but just have a lot of admiration and respect for Eddie Alvarez, especially with some of the highlights and moments that he's been a part of in the UFC and just his whole career. You know, he's been pretty legendary, to be honest. He's got a really impressive resume and track record. So, <sighs> And another um, UFC fighter who fought that night was Mighty Mouse, oh. who also – you know, had a had a bad night himself. My goat, my goat. I know. Um, so Mighty Mouse kind of got KO'd uh, with the knee mm-hmm. while he was on the ground. UFC UFC fans were kind of like <laughs> in, in the comments, like, "Is that even illegal?" <laughs> it's like, "Not even count." I mean, he just got knee on the ground. I but one championship does have different rules, and it is legal. That needs perfectly well, legal guys, all right? Down opponent, so <laughs> I know people Mighty were Mouse got KO'd. It, believe it, just believe it, guys. It happened, all right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, people were pissed about it. They're like, the ref missed it. I'm like, dude, no, you guys need to understand. You know, there's more, there's more organizations than just the UFC, you know, so let's calm down a little bit. Um, Everyone was like, clearly his ass is on the ground. Like, look, ref, <laughs> like. I was like, okay, like, guys, it's down. different. It's different. Over <laughs> down, guys. But yeah, it, it was tough to see that too, you know. I, I honestly, I think a big question, you know, whenever, especially in today's culture, right, it's like one loss and all of a sudden people just forget about you or write you off or you're washed or you're, you're past your prime, you know, because you lost. So okay, I, so I want to ask you this question. <clears throat> right. For UFC fighters good to go to a different organization <clears throat> and fight, and their success is not the same as UFC, of course. They're having losses and stuff. Does that diminish or tarnish their legacy, what they've done in the UFC, or their fighting career period, in your opinion? I don't think it does. I really don't think it does. Because we all know, and I, I've, I know every MMA fan hears this all the time, styles make fights. Styles make fights. And, it's just so true. You know, you just, I mean, yeah, it's just, if anything, to me, I think it legitimizes these other organizations, you know? Everyone likes to think the UFC, that's that's where it's at. The best of the best are only at the UFC, and if you're not in the UFC, you can't be considered the best. But when someone as good as Mighty Mouse gets knocked out at one championship, you have to start questioning, like, okay, there's some talent over there, you know? Yep. Maybe maybe the best, maybe the GOAT is at one, or maybe the GOAT is at Bellator, you know? I mean, we touched I, – I don't – I think we – did we talk about it last time? Uh, Pitbull, you know, talking about fighting – oh, no, okay. no, we, we haven't. 
Boy, I mean, just to touch on that briefly, you got, uh, was it Patricio Pitbull, uh, yep. Bellator, and he's he's trying to make his case that he's good enough to beat the featherweight champion over here at uh, UFC or in the UFC, Alexander Volkanovsky, and he even called him out and said he's good enough to to beat anyone in the UFC. And I mean, he might be. That guy's a beast. He's an animal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's pretty good. Yeah, I pretty mean. Great. And when you when you look at who he's beat, I mean, he beat Michael Chandler pretty easily. Some people might call it a controversial stoppage, but aren't they one and one right now? No, so or... so Michael Chandler beat his brother because there's two of the Pitbull brothers. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so Michael Chandler beat his brother, and then the younger brother, I believe. I, I'm pretty sure, you know. Obviously, we're more versed on the UFC than Bellator and one, but but yeah, then. Patricio, the younger brother, came in and beat Michael Chandler first round TKO. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people making a case for Pitbull, the younger Pitbull brother. That he he could hang with any guy in the UFC and even be a champion at the UFC. So, I mean, yeah, kind of going back to the original question though, I don't th- I don't think DJ's legacy should be tarnished at all. Um, I don't think anyone's, you know, because you, you even got Anthony Pettis, right? He's at he's at the PFL, you know, he's over there. Yeah. I mean, you just never know, you know. There's talent everywhere, all over the world, and I think if anything, or I think we're going to start seeing a lot of these organizations really start to shine, which is I think is exciting. Think, yeah, I think it's dope that um, fighters that leave the UFC to go to a different organization are happier. They seem more happier and just like loving their life more when they're with another organization, not mm-hmm. the UFC. Uh, I think the oh. UFC, for how big it is, d- doesn't really pay their fighters what they're worth or, right. you know, give that's, them shine at what they're worth. Yeah, yeah. That's the big controversy, right? It's always about the pay nowadays. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, say what you want. You know, you can be the, the noble type of fighter where you, you know, you don't do any promoting, you don't do any trash talking, you're just there to fight. But, like, when you see someone like Dustin Poirier take the money fight instead of the title fight, right, it just really goes to show you where the sport is nowadays. I mean, kind of going off what you just said, you know, people going to different promotions and being happier there. Yeah, Paige Van Zant, she went over to Bare Knuckle Boxing. She said she made more in one fight than she did ever, the whole time she was in the UFC. And she was the face of women's uh, UFC. You know what I mean? She was the face yeah, of the women's UFC fighters. And, uh, yeah, even though she lost her bare-knuckle boxing debut, she still made more. And then, I mean, kind of to go off on the whole Ben Askren thing and Jake Paul thing, Ben Askren said – and Ben Askren was a champion too. He said he this is the most he's been paid, and he's fighting a YouTuber. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's madness. It's crazy right now. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But, yeah. Yeah. So those are the two, um, uh, just two fight cards that we covered that happened this past two weeks that we were on. Um, there were a lot of fights announced while we were off in our time and kind of some fighting news that happened. Um, the fight news that first fighting news I want to get into is Aljo, Aljamain Sterling kind of going into neck surgery now and possibly having this whole year off and probably won't fight until next year. What do you, what, his, um, what do you think about all that? I mean, what's your honest opinion? Do you, do you think this is 
there's fear in the air? Do you think Aljo's kind of, I mean, how, how he's handling everything and from the Twitter interactions and from what he's saying about other bantamweight fighters? I mean, what do you think? What do you make of all of it? I think Aljo's a hoe. <laughs> no, the way he's handling this whole situation of him winning the belt off of DQ, it's really making me hate the guy. And I didn't, I didn't, I, I liked him before. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. On fire, but how he's being so emotional, responding to every tweet on Twitter and, you know, fans kind of bashing his name. And yeah, I think he's really playing full on into this whole situation and it's annoying. <laughs> I'm annoyed. He's be, well, he's, then, he's kind of doing that. Right? He's becoming like this disliked character now in, in the UFC and MMA. But uh, yeah, keep going. Sorry, you were about to say something else. So after his fight with Jan, yeah, he had that whole controversy and everything. Jan trying to get his title back, calling for that rematch immediately. Right. Um, Al Jermaine put out a video about four days ago, and he says, wait, so you're running now? I thought you wanted this fight. Why would you pull out in November again? We can run it back like real men, or you can just go cry in the back the title you lost. Is that word for word what he said? Yes. <laughs> and he made a minute video of him kind of ranting along those lines. Like, Jan's running for me, and, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, dude. Jan was smoking your ass. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, you know he's about to lose that fight. Stop yeah, playing. it wasn't looking good for him. Yeah, I agree. Man, it's tough. It's tough to see. He's kind of like, yeah, his reputation is kind of going down the drain right now because just everything he's doing is everyone's kind of just not liking how he's active and stuff, so. Kind of reminiscent of like Sean O'Malley. Like Sean O'Malley lost to Cheeto Vera. Everyone was like, everyone loved Sean O'Malley. Then as soon as he started acting the way he did, everyone was like, okay, <laughs> F this guy. So who, who's to say though? Because now everyone's back on the Sugar Show train, you know? Everyone's back on that hype train. Um, so I mean, I don't know. Maybe Aljo has good, one good performance and everyone gets back on the Aljo train. We'll see. Oh, but what, what will make this worse if Aljo comes back and doesn't fight Jan? If he goes, if he comes back and fights another name that's not Jan, I would be, I would be very upset. Yeah, it'll. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I'd have to agree with you. You know, like kind of looking at a similar situation, but not the same. You know, the whole Bilal and uh, Leon Edwards thing. I mean. I think everyone's already forgotten about it. You know what I mean? Like no one's pissed off about it, but one of the biggest differences, it wasn't for a belt, right? So Aljo and Peter Jan, I mean, that was for a belt. So it's like, you have to run that back. It's like, you're kind of, if you don't run it back, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's going to hurt his, hurt his uh, image a lot. But again, I mean, if it only matters to you, right? If he, if he doesn't care about being liked, which I think he does care, but yeah. Yeah. So Aljo, Aljamain Sterling is playing, playing this out, has neck surgery, and probably won't fight for probably till next year with recovery time. And so that's another controversy going on in the, in the MMA world. And another one that kind of popped up was uh, the whole Dustin Poirier and McGregor, um, the donation to the uh, <laughs> yeah. Dustin's foundation. And yep. so uh, Connor had – made his prediction for the, his next fight with Dustin, uh, saying he's going to knock him out or whatever. And uh, I forgot what round he said, but 
yeah, Dustin kind of quoted his tweet and was like, you also predicted you would make a donation to my uh, <laughs> my charity and you haven't. And, you know, so that whole controversy is happening or happened. Yeah, because kind of because Dustin already like apologized for it, and he was like, "I shouldn't have made Brought these matters public." To, uh, yeah, I'm like, man, what a data hits you up and yell at you or something? Come on, man. But I do. I think everyone's getting a little excited. I mean, with with now that there's kind of this drama now between them, and um, I think you know, I think Connor was going a little. It seemed like he was getting a little wild on Twitter for a little bit, and he kind of went on like a Twitter storm, you know. So I think everyone's getting a little excited because we're like, okay, is there going to be some bad blood in this fight, you know? And um, and even with it being in Vegas, and I mean, obviously people are excited, right? Because it's sold out in like Dana said, it's sold out in seconds. That's what Dana said. Maybe he's exaggerating, mm-hmm. but even if it's sold out in minutes, it's still the same, you know. Twenty thousand people sold out. And, uh, I mean, it's a Conor McGregor fight, you know? Shoot. It's, it's think high people, stakes. People love uh, cocky Conor talking. And yeah. With how Dustin and Conor were kind of like buddy-buddy at the first, right. the second fight. And I think people were let down. <laughs> people were kind of disappointed. Conor was uh, a nice guy. And, yeah. You know. I mean, we like that Conor, too. But fight Conor, cocky Conor right. is, is the best version when it comes to fighting. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how Connor makes his adjustments against the leg kick. Because as far as I can see, because we all know Connor can finish the fight uh, in, in any round, I think. I mean, he could finish the fight. Um, he claims his cardio is better. He, it looked okay. Like, he looked okay in the fight, the first uh, or the second fight, you know. And he looked okay, his cardio-wise. Um, he rocked Dustin. He still had, I think he might even have the advantage with the hands. But yeah, it was just the leg kicks. The leg kicks screwed him. So it's like, is it safe to say that if Connor has an answer for the leg kicks and the low calf kick that he's got a really good chance of winning? I don't know. I guess we'll see. And I hope Connor kind of sets up his punches, you know, throws more feints, mm-hmm. light jabs instead of putting everything into his one strikes. Right. And it kind of tires him out a little bit, I think. So I hope he comes, yeah, checks the leg kicks, but you know, throws more feints and kind of sets up his striking, his punches to land better and right. kind of saves his gas tank for the, for more of the fight. So I think Dustin gets stronger as the fight goes on, which is kind of crazy. I don't know, man. Connor might change that bum life again. Who knows? <laughs> Connor's changing <laughs> that bum life. Another red penny <laughs> knife for Dustin. I don't know. It's still crazy to me. It's still, it's still crazy. I, I was for sure that Dustin would take the title fight over – the trilogy fight with Connor, but uh, that's just the game today. It's just the game. That's how it's played now. So, oh Chandler, Chandler gonna make Dustin realize what he missed when he when Chandler wins that belt. I think. Well, I mean, Chandler's already telling them to book the fight with Connor. He said because he's already saying he's like I'm gonna beat Charles Oliveira. So book the book the fight for Connor after I beat Charles Oliveira. He's already saying to book it. He's already calling his shot. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I, okay, look, I, I, I appreciate your confidence and I appreciate, you know, the energy and the enthusiasm, but dude, Charles Oliveira is a, that guy's a beast. I don't care what you say. I don't care how confident you are. That guy's an animal, dude. Yeah. He's an animal. So it's like, just chill for a little, right? 
Got your first win, the UFC. I know you're excited, but yeah, let's chill. <clears throat> so we got the whole controversy going. That's probably the two biggest, uh, you know, fight news controversy that has happened in two weeks. But we also had some big fight announcements be announced while we were out. And I'm trying to go to th- throw some big ones out, see how you feel about them. Um, we got Damian Maya versus Muhammad Bilal. But- yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's a good fight for Bilal. I mean, obviously, I, I think Damian's Maya's best days are behind him. I still love the guy. Probably one of the best, if not the best, jiu-jitsu technician to be in the UFC, maybe, you could say, you know. And I always think about how he had Kamara Usman's back, and then the referee stood them up. It's, it's crazy to think how different things would have been. If the referee didn't stand them up, which I thought was a terrible stand-up, um, I mean, shoot, who's to say? That would have changed everything in the, in the, in the welterweight division. You know what I mean? <laughs> He literally had his back, and it's like when someone as good as Damian Maya has your back, it's like it's almost for sure you're you're probably not going to get out of there. But uh, anyways, uh, it's a good big opportunity for Bilal. It's a big name, you know, so it, it should be a good fight. It'll be interesting to see how Bilal answers the jujitsu and um, Damian Maya's attempts to get him on the ground because that's usually all he does is just try to hold on to you. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a good opportunity for Bilal, especially after what happened. So, to keep his name relevant. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the next fight announced was Cyril Gaon versus Alexander Volkov. I love this In the one. heavyweight division. A big I fight in the heavyweight one. division. Yeah. That's a big – I think that's a really big fight. I mean, because you got Alexander Volkov, and I know I've talked about it already on this podcast, but Volkov's a beast. He's huge. He's tall. He's a striker. He still does get hit more than I'd like him to get hit, but he's dangerous. He's a problem. And he was giving Derek Lewis the business before Derek Lewis knocked him out in like the last 10 seconds <laughs> of the fight. So yeah. when you look at Derek Lewis and where he's at, I mean, Alexander Volkov was giving him the business. So and then you got Syria Gan, who's new blood, and he looks amazing to me. I think he looks great. I think I really think he's going to be a problem, a problem for everyone, I think. I think it's impressive to see how light-footed he is. He's constantly jumping up and down. He's got cardio. He's good getting in and out, you know, getting his strikes and getting back out and maintaining his distance. I don't know, man. I, 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 it's going to be an exciting be, fight between those two. <clears throat> I think Gon has always had an advantage in, you know, his length mm-hmm. in his fights. So I think this will be the first time he has a disadvantage, and we'll see what – how he adjusts to fighting a bigger fighter like Volkov. All right. So, so yeah. who, who do you got for that? I got, I'll take Gon. I'll take. I'm going to have to take Gon too. I mean, I, I love Alexander Volkov. I think he's a beast. I, I think it's amazing how he's able to fight the way he does and how big he is, how tall he is. I think Gon's going to, I think he's just too quick. I think he's going to be, I think there's going to be a speed advantage and I think he's going to capitalize on it completely. So, yeah. I think Gon, and especially after that, I mean, if Leif Gon wins, it's like he's up there now. He's up there in the title conversation. He he might yeah. be fighting for a belt. Who knows? Heavyweight's a whole other story with what's going on. So, yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, the next fight is Wonder Boy, Stephen Thompson yeah. got 
uh, Gilbert Burns. That's my boy right um, there. It's, it's, it was a verbal agreement, but it's looking like it's about to be closed out for um, July 10th. Oh, so they're going to be on the Connor card. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I'm a big Wonder Boy fan. I think he's a beast. I still think he's he, I still think he's in his prime. I still think he's good enough to be the champ. I think he gives a problem to anyone in the top five. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the fight he needs if he wants to make a statement. He needs to definitely win that fight. I think there's a bigger upside for Wonder Boy winning the fight than Burns to win that fight. Um, just because Burns is coming off, he's just coming off a loss to Usman for the title. So everyone already knows, and especially how he fought Usman. I mean, he had Usman in trouble in the first round. So everyone knows Gilbert Burns is the real deal. But I think people forgot about Stephen uh, Thompson. And I think, yeah, Stephen Thompson has a big opportunity here. I do think he'll capitalize on it. I really do. I think he will. Yeah, I, I kind of <clears throat> want to see Wonderboy versus Usman more than anyone uh, else. Burns versus Usman again. Yeah, I, I think I think, I think Wonderboy can give uh, Usman a little bit of problems on the feet. For sure. So I mean, the, the thing is too, like Wonderboy doesn't stop moving. He doesn't stop bouncing. He doesn't stop, you know, jumping side to side. You know, his, all of his movements lateral, right? He's always side to side movement. You know, he squares up and he's always side to side. You know, and it's just, yeah, I think it, I think it's a really tough matchup, and I do think that there's a reason Kamara didn't call him out. I really do. I, I so I think because of that lateral <clears throat> movement, I think Wonderboy is just gonna to kick the legs, just touch him up a little bit, win a round, win two rounds. I think he wins the decision by just buying off points. I mean, that's I think def- yeah. 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 No, no, I agree. Sorry for cutting you off. Yeah. He's uh, – that's, that's his whole style. That's his background, right? It's point fighting. It's all about point fighting stuff. So, he could definitely play that game for sure. I mean, Kamaro's still a beast. So, I, I don't know if Stephen Thompson would beat him. I don't know if I can even predict who would win that fight. But I still would love to see that fight. I think it'd be very interesting. Stylistically, it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. So, yeah. So the last fight that I want to touch on that was announced was uh, the two-time champion Amanda Nunes is fighting Julia Pena. <laughs> um, RIP to Julia Pena. <laughs> <laughs> you talked all this talk. Now it's time to back it up. Hope I pray for you. She got what she wanted. She got what she wanted. So we'll see. I mean, she's talking big too. We'll see. I mean, she definitely has a chance if she can get in close. But that's that's a that's tough to get in close to to get in close to Amanda Nunez is it's not easy. It's not easy. You better be ready to. You better work your chin out. <laughs> that should be the number one thing you're working out is your chin. You go to the gym and get punched in the chin repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> try, to stay, try not to get knocked out. That's your workout. Just take a sledgehammer to the chin and just see how you do after that. Because, I mean, her, yeah, I really do think her only chance is to get her on the ground. And even then, I mean, Amanda Nunez is a black belt, you know, so she's still got, you know, a pretty good solid background in, in jiu-jitsu. So. Eat a whole bubblegum uh, roll. You know the bubble, you know that roll of bubble gum that comes in that. Uh, Eat that. Chew get it your up. chin muscles ready. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously the favorite's going to be Amanda Nunez, but you know I'm one of those guys that's like you know anything can happen, so we'll see. We'll just have to see. Yeah, I'm always going for Amanda Nunez's opponents to beat her, but you know it never happens, so I'll All stop right. wishing. And... <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, oh man. Waiting for an upset one of these days. Might happen. <laughs> Never know. Chris Weidman did beat Anderson Silva, so still one of the craziest moments ever. Yeah. <laughs> so with all those, all those fight announcements happening, there were more, but those are just kind of the big ones I wanted to, to point out. And so, you know, to close up, we're just going to run through these uh, <clears throat> these tweets from the casuals on Twitter, and um, we'll joke and dissect if we need to. All right. You ready? Oh, we'll number to. one. I'm sure we'll need to. Yeah. All right. And this is a pretty popular guy on, on uh, in the MMA Twitter world. Are we dropping ads? Are we dropping names or no? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. We'll wait. I don't want them to, to shit on my <laughs> podcast. I have no, no listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy said, regardless of the controversy, uh, Wei Li will beat the the ever living shit out of Rose Namajunas. Come on, Leave man. Rose will be paying her for her words one way or another. My goodness, I I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I'm being insensitive to the whole thing, but I don't think don't that ever Rose. Rose like that. But yeah, first of all, I, I don't <laughs> even know if Rose. I mean, maybe maybe I'm being insensitive. Maybe I'm ignorant, but I don't think what Rose said should be taken. It's just the culture today. You can say anything. It's just like you're just considered this racist or just a hateful, evil person now, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've been, you know, you know me. I've been saying Rose is going to be the champ. I, I still believe she will. I think she'll beat uh, Lee. Um, I think I think it's a bad matchup, to be honest, for Lee. If I'm being completely she honest, battle battle that length with how long Rose is, so yeah. we'll see how Whaley handles that. Yeah, I, I think it's bad. I think it is. I think it's going to be a bad matchup for Whaley, and I think Rose is going to win. I do. I think I see Rose finishing Whaley. I mean, Whaley's aggressive. Rose Rose is good with her counter striking. Um, and yeah, I mean, Rose beat Joanna twice. No one's even fought Joanna twice, right? Oh, Carol, did Carolina fight her twice? I don't know. Uh, yeah, Kadesia. Oh, yeah, Claudia. Yeah, Claudia did. I mean, the fact that Rose beat someone like Joanna twice. Speaks volumes. Yeah, I mean, she, sure. she beat her pretty easy. Like, even the second, like, everyone thought the first time was a fluke, and then the second time, Rose beat the crap out of Joanna. She's, she dominated her on the feet. Bro, and Joanna was giving problems to Wei Lee, you know? But yeah, yeah, like, I, I literally think Whaley will knock out Joanna, and that that hurts me to say it, but I'm just being truth. I think Joanna just takes too much damage. I mean, Rose does take some pretty good damage too. She takes a lot of damage. They all take damage, I guess. But Joanna's a very um, she's willing to take it on the chin to give give yeah. her shots. <laughs> yeah, because she'll take shot. one, and by the time she has one punch, her hand speed so fast, she'll give five back. Um, I honestly think Rose is gonna win. I think uh, maybe that tweet might be a little premature, but you know, I know everyone's a little heated because of what Rose said, but whatever. Get over it is all I'd have to say. Maybe I'll get canceled for even saying that, but who cares? This I'm might more... be the last episode you're on, bro, before you get canceled. <laughs> canceled, man. Just for agreeing or not caring. Eh, whatever. I'll take on all the mobs. Right. <clears throat> all right, Tron, I think you're, you're going to like this next one. Heck yeah. Prime version of these fighters, who wins? The fighters are Cody Garbrandt versus Aldo. Jose Aldo. 
knowing that you're a Garbrandt fan, <laughs> I I want to see what you have to say about that. And oh, I think I Cody's in his. I, I think Cody's in his, in his in his prime right now. Pat Maldo is something special. I think I so. Say. I think he's been in his prime. You know, um, honestly, okay. If I'm being 100 percent honest, and this is me, like actually analyzing, not being biased, because I love both fighters. Um, I have to give it to Cody. I think Cody would win. <laughs> I think Cody wins, man. I do. I really do. <laughs> I really do. Uh, maybe I'm being biased. I don't know. But <laughs> what is your brand? This is Trident Montemolina. <laughs> He's your biggest fan, <laughs> dude. I just think because, like, all I see. This is what I see. Okay. Obviously, the big. Um, it's going to be a stand-up fight. Aldo's biggest weapon is going to be his leg kicks. Especially if it's prime Aldo, it's going to be his leg kicks, right? And he's going to have the advantage in the kicks because Cody hardly ever kicks. But Cody's a, Cody has the advantage in the hands. He just does. I don't think Aldo has better hands than Cody. I don't think at any time in Aldo's career he has better hands than Cody. I don't. That might have been the hottest hot take you've had on this. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being serious, too. Like, I, I mean, Aldo has hands, but I just think Cody's boxing is – is that good? I do. I think is. I mean, just I look at give it to Dominic, man. I just. I think that's a great example to see what Cody did to Dominic Cruz. It was impressive. Um, it's tough. Yeah, I don't know. Because the thing is, too, they're both tough. They're both. They're both tough. I don't know. I, I I'd have to give it to Cody. I'm just gonna say it. That's my decision. Final answer. Prime Cody beats Prime Aldo. Damn. Yeah. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, I got I got two more. Okay. Uh, this one is a pretty popular page as well on Twitter in the MMA world. He asked, "Is Chris Weidman a Hall of Famer?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. I don't know. That's tough to sell that one. And I feel like people nowadays, it doesn't matter what sport you're in, they're just you do one great thing or a few great things and people are like, right. oh, that's in the Hall of Fame. That dude's going to the Hall of Fame. Right, right. You know, especially in football, people are just throwing these these players in the Hall of Fame like it's the damn Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's – I don't know about that one. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if Chris Weidman's good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think so. And I think the more he fights – the more that just doesn't look realistic to me, in my opinion. Well, should any champ – being a champion, does being a champion just guarantee that you're going to be in the Hall of Fame? So that was the top comment. They actually said, if you're a champion, <clears throat> you should be made room for the Hall of Fame. And I was like, um, so you're telling me Tim Sylvia is going to be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, do you think so? I don't think so. I don't care if, if you were like – the start of a heavyweight division back in the day. I don't give a damn. Till Sylvia is not in my Hall of Fame. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, I probably have to agree with you on that one. Because, I, I mean, I don't even think you could say he's the best heavyweight or even in the top five best heavyweights or top ten. Who even knows, you know? Um, are we talking about UFC Hall of Fame or MMA Hall of Fame? We're talking UFC Hall of Fame. Okay, you know I'm I'm just gonna have to say I don't think I don't think Chris Weidman makes my Hall of Fame. 
for UFC. Yeah, I agree. I mean, who, who do you beat? Who do you beat? A Anderson Silva who broke his leg and yeah. who was playing with you, and you just caught him on the chin. I'm sorry. I mean, who do you? Did he ever defend his title? He defended it once against Anderson. But who did he fight after that? Because I know he he lost it to Luke, right? He lost it to Rockhold. And that's enough. I mean, if you lose to Luke, if you lose to Luke Rockhold, <laughs> uh, yeah, he ain't going nowhere, buddy. <laughs> I know that's a tough loss. Now, to now, now, now that we're on Luke Rockhold, I want to say that that might be the biggest disappointment of a fighter entering the UFC that I've I've seen. Like I thought Luke Rockhold was about to be something, and then he ran into Vitor and just got knocked out, and has been getting knocked out by everybody. He should be something though, right? Like he's a beast. Even yeah. his, even the camp he works out in, Khabib and DC, just right away. It's like, dude, you should be a freaking animal, right? It's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you just chalk it up to, like, unlucky fights or what, but, yeah, it, it was unfortunate, right? I, I think I agreed with you. I thought Luke Rockhold was going to be this champion who's going to be, like, there for a long time, you know, and, yeah, I don't know. I expect a lot. So Weidman yeah. defended the bell versus Lyoto, mm-hmm. and Lushita, Vitor. and Vitor. Yeah. And yeah, ever since, I mean, yeah, ever since then, his records look pretty bad. Yep. That's, that's a tough, you know, that's a tough question. I mean, that's a tough question. It could go a lot of different ways, though. I'm still thinking about it, but as of right now, I'm going to have to say no. Yep, I agree. Okay, last tweet to end the uh, episode. Someone tweeted, Chael Sonnen is greater than Izzy Stylebender, Adesanya. (laughs) Greater than Israel Adesanya. A lot to unpack here, a lot to unpack. Okay, so is that all he said? Is just that he's greater? Yeah, he put the two pictures and with the greater sign pointing to Sonnen. And he used the emoji of like the shoulder shrug. Yeah. And then no, the, fir- no. the, the first comment under that tweet said, "Chill would manhandle Izzy." <laughs> well, shoot. I mean, now we don't know. It's like now because because what have we seen now? Everyone's like, okay, wrestling is the way to beat Izzy now. Wrestling is the way. And what was what was Chell Sonnen? Right, he was a wrestler, pure wrestler. So I don't know, man. I mean. Maybe there's a little bit of validity, but at the same time, it's like, no. Because, I mean, he was never the champ, right? I mean, Chell was never even the champ, was he, in the middleweight division? No. I don't think he was because he never beat Anderson. And Anderson moved up and lost to Jones. Yeah. I mean, the only thing he's greater than probably is entertainment-wise. Like, he was way more entertaining probably. Like, his trash talk is hilarious. Um. I mean, maybe he has more iconic moments, you know, like his call out of Anderson Silva when he's like, Anderson Silva, you absolutely <laughs> suck. That might be like my top three favorite moments ever in the UFC. Because he didn't even, like, Joe asked the question. He didn't even answer the question. He just said, Anderson Silva, you suck. <laughs> yeah, so. Chell's dope, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't agree with that. Can't agree with it. I mean, I don't even know if Chell was even considered the best of, at anything. Uh, during his time, you know, was he ever looked at as the best wrestler? Was he ever looked at as the best striker? I mean, Izzy's, Izzy's, I think it's pretty clear that he's the best striker in the division. And yeah, I mean, yeah, no, disagree. 
<sighs> All right. Well, that is the episode for you know recapping these last two weeks we were out. Um, yeah, we hope to be back on the on our weekly uh, up uploads and getting episodes out to you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shoot. Was there anything? No, just looking forward to these these upcoming cards. There's a lot going on, a lot going on, and I'm sure by the time we do our next episode, there's going to be even more news to to acknowledge and to dive into. So, oh yeah, <sighs> there is a big big card this weekend: Usman and Masvidal yes. too. Yes, yes. Um, pretty crazy card with three title fights on it. So. We'll be back next week to recap that that fight card. And, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you guys for uh, listening and keep supporting us. Thank you. Yep. Bye.